You are listening to As a Woman, episode 67, Hope. In this episode, I'm talking all about how to have hope after loss, after failure, or after the unexpected. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. So last week was National Infertility Awareness Week. If you follow me on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD, you saw all of that and then some. One, I'm really exhausted. I mean, in a good way. All these collaborations and joint efforts in the spirit of educating and inspiring and supporting and amplifying others is such a worthwhile investment of time. However, balancing all of that on the same token as seeing patients and being a mom and trying to figure out how to get clinic back up and started, it's just left me in a little bit of exhausted state. That's honest. Now, I shared my own infertility story or part of it on the gram. And for those of you who don't know or who are newer, I had multiple pregnancy losses before I had my kids. So my kids were pregnancies five and six. I had three miscarriages and then an ectopic pregnancy. And I've talked about those in previous episodes like miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy. But when I had my kids, everything kind of changed. And I know what it's like to be in that space of wondering or doubting or not knowing if it will happen. And any time I share that, because I'm pretty open about it, I think people need to know that you're not alone if you're going through this. And I think that seeing somebody on the other side, even though it may inspire or invoke some feelings of jealousy, may also hopefully give you hope. Hope that one day your story could be the same or that you could be sharing your story to inspire others. But that's the question I get asked all the time when I talk about my own journey. And it is, how do you keep going? How do you not just give up? The pain or the possibility that it may never happen for me is too great and it makes me want to give up. And how do you not get overwhelmed by that feeling? And even though I'm talking about it in the context of infertility, coming off of NIAW, I really think this applies to so many things in life. Maybe it's getting rejected to medical school. How do you keep going? How do you think that you're going to have a different outcome if you keep trying? Or failing the MCAT, a big test. Or failing your boards or not being able to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. I think that there are different times in our life where we are challenged, and this choice that we have to make to keep going and find some glimmer of hope or give up is a defining moment. Now, I want to say something very important right here. Giving up is not negative. It sounds really negative. I can't give up or I'm too weak if I give up. Just like quitting your job is not negative. It feels like it, like I'm a failure and I'm walking away from this. Giving up sometimes really should be rephrased as 
realizing that another path is the right one for you or the path that is open or the path that you need to take. It is changing. It is pivoting. It is redirecting. It is redefining who you are and your purpose. And we are human beings. It is okay to change and evolve and be somebody different. As long as that person is the person that you're okay being or that you're at peace with. Often we see the end of something as a huge failure. And that something can be a lot of different things. Maybe it's the end of what you said you were going to be, like a doctor or a lawyer, or maybe it is the end of trying to have kids or genetic kids or giving up on that or giving up on a job or changing residencies or giving up on a relationship. Sometimes giving up has such a negative connotation that we stay on the wrong path too long. And you know I've been there and I've talked about it in prior episodes. I switched residencies. I switched jobs. Sometimes you have to make purposeful changes because the end of something or giving up on that thing is the right thing. So let's not let ourselves be drowning, feeling like giving up is a failure. Or maybe better yet, we can say failure is the catalyst to help us change into who we need to be. I tell women, I tell couples and families to give up on what they thought was their plan or their goal all the time. It is not an easy talk, and I hate it. But I have to look at people. At some point in your journey, you may come to a part where somebody tells me, this is not going to happen the way you wanted it to. And if having a child is an important goal to you, we need to look at other options. Now, that sucks big to hear. Don't get me wrong. But those are the forks in the road that are going to change your life. So when you're having failure or being challenged, how do you keep having hope? And how do you know when you get to that point where the road just needs to be closed? Okay, this may seem like a negative way to look at things in a podcast about hope. However, what I want to say is what I do. And I approach things as have I done everything possible to feel comfortable with this decision? And negatively, if I am setting myself up for regret, it's probably not time to close the door. So for example, let's say I'm doing emergency medicine residency and I'm feeling like it's not for me. Have I talked to people? Have I tried different rotations? Have I explored fellowship options? Have I thought about what my life could look like in these other scenarios? And if the answer is, yeah, I thought about them all, I talked to people, and yet I know that this is not right for me, and staying in this position will cause more regret than leaving, time to leave. If I'm trying to have kids and I'm having a lot of miscarriages, even though I'm almost as fearful of the next positive pregnancy test as I am excited about it, because I know that that excitement may lead to heartbreak. Am I ready to walk away from it and say, I'm okay if this is not my path and I don't have kids this way? No, so I got to keep going. I need to take better care of myself. I need to go see a specialist. I need to get advice. I need to know, am I doing everything possible to get to my goal? When it comes to infertility specifically, 
although I think this can be modified and applied to different dreams or journeys, let's say you want to have a kid and it's not working and you come see me as your fertility doctor. I always say that my patients have four resources available to them. They've got time, money, their physical health, and their emotional well-being. And when any of these are zero, we're done. No matter what, no matter if you could still get to that goal, once you get to the bottom of any of those resources, you're going to walk away. So if I exhaust your body, if I drain you emotionally, if you're out of money or you're out of time, even if you want to keep going on, you're not going to. So my job as your doctor is to be mindful of this as I'm helping guide you through different treatments. And I think if you look at different dreams or goals, you can apply the same thing. You only have so many resources and you need to protect yourself. That doesn't always mean you give up. So that's not what I'm saying. But I mean, barreling forward on a straight path without being aware of where you're going is highly unlikely to get you to the destination in one piece. Meaning, you need to be aware of yourself and respect yourself and take care of yourself along the way. You need to give yourself grace. You need to forgive yourself for your mistakes. And you need to lean into these hard emotions. Did I cry after my miscarriages? I sobbed. I mean, yes, of course, I'm a normal person. So don't feel like you have to just put on a brave face because the world doesn't know about it. You need to find a way to get through the challenging times because in the end, it can be beautiful. Whatever your end looks like, it can be beautiful. So I think the number one thing that you need to do is be in touch with yourself and be honest with yourself. How do you do this? And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperatures starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe, who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan. It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories 
cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. Their essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual Multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. No my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. I find that journaling or documenting things or meditating or having some alone time, I like to get up before my kids and my hubby wake up and I have my favorite life planning document on my computer. And sometimes I just blurb out how I'm feeling because that makes sure that I'm just pouring out a little bit of the inside for whatever is going on. And that's helpful to me. And that was helpful to me to put some of my fears about being infertile on paper, to just see those words and acknowledging them. Very often, women specifically are a little bit in denial when things aren't going right because we want to be so perfect. We want to live up to that expectation. We hate failure. And by writing down on a piece of paper your biggest fear, I'm afraid I won't ever be able to have kids, that's acknowledging that you may fail. And that's opening yourself up to be vulnerable. And that is really, really scary. Because what does that mean? What does that mean for your marriage? What does that mean for your future? What it means is you have to find a way to keep working on your marriage. And what it means is your future is going to be great. Maybe it looks differently than you thought it would. And that is okay. Because when you get to the end, if you're at peace with it, and it maybe doesn't mean that you don't have kids, but maybe you use an egg donor or a sperm donor or somebody else carries your kids or you adopt kids, or you adopt an embryo, or you are child-free and you choose to have 28 bunnies. I don't care. It's your life, your dream. All I'm saying is maybe it looks different than you wanted, and it's okay to mourn that. It's okay to put that fear really visibly and acknowledge it, because that's what's really going to give you strength. Being in tune with how you feel about anything is what gives you strength because it gives you purpose and it helps you identify your goal. Because if you can look at something and say, 
what is the worst case scenario here? And you can come to an acceptable alternative. That's where the power lies. So let me give some other examples. So some really good ones are situations that I have lived through, yet kept hope. So a good one is that I left my emergency medicine residency after matching into my number one choice program, and I switched into OBGYN. I finished my emergency medicine intern year, for those of you who don't know, and then I started over in OBGYN. So I extended my entire training by a year, and it wasn't like a fun gap year, go tour Italy or whatever. It was actually one of the hardest years I had had up to that point because I really doubted my desire to be a doctor. And I was looking at myself failing in what I had declared was my plan. My plan was to be a doctor. Here I am being a doctor and I'm really unhappy. I feel like I'm failing. What if I can't do this? What if this dream or goal of mine that I have worked so hard towards is wrong? Okay, that's a really scary, fearful place to be. So I started evaluating my options. My options include keep going and hope that it gets better. And I felt like the most likely outcome there would be that maybe emergency medicine wasn't right for me and I would burn out or I wouldn't get the satisfaction that I needed from the doctor-patient relationship. That's what I realized was my problem. So I took time and reflected and said, what's really going on here? I don't feel like I'm the type of doctor I want to be. I'm not getting what I need from this interaction. And it's not that there's anything wrong with EM. It's a great field. And certainly right now in the time of pandemic, we're seeing just how valuable our emergency medicine colleagues are. But it wasn't right for me. I need to be in the trenches with my patients like real. I need to cry with you and hug you and know your whole story. That's what gives me joy as a doctor. And when I took time and reflected and I realized that was at the heart of this, my desire to be a doctor was intact. But at the heart of it is that I wasn't doing it in the way that was best for me. And so my options include pursuing on, likely would lead to me not being a doctor. And that was actually my very first goal. I could say, I'm not cut out for medicine altogether and just quit medicine now, but then what would I do? Or I could switch fields. Now, switching fields is scary. You, I had to reapply for the match, so I could have failed and not matched. That would have been embarrassing and heartbreaking. I would have to extend my training. I was in a three-year residency that I was in the middle of completing a year of, and I was restarting a four-year residency because there were surgical skills that I needed. So I just took my training from three years to five years and longer than any of my OBGYN colleagues. So that sucks. Delays make you money. Delays maybe when I would start having a family. But I felt like I owed it to myself and to my original dream to give it a chance before I shut the door completely on being a doctor. Meaning if I changed fields and I could do it and I was taking care of patients in a different way that seemed more in line with my real goals and was still unhappy, well, at that time, maybe I could shut the door and say, being a doctor is not right for me. This dream is wrong and I need a totally new path and I'll figure it out. So when I looked at my choices, if my worst case scenario by switching fields was maybe I wouldn't match and that would be embarrassment, or it was going to take me more time to get to my dream, 
but I could still get there and have the option to be happy, that felt like the best case scenario to me. The others included giving up or having a high chance of being burnt out or giving up in the future. So even though this took me longer to get there and I opened myself up, I had to be really vulnerable. I had to go tell everybody. I had to go get letters for OBGYN. I had to go say, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I've learned more about myself. And that's hard and vulnerable. The time that it takes to get you to a dream is arbitrary. It feels like the most important thing because time is a huge, valuable commodity. We have a limited amount of it. We can never get more. So I get it. But it doesn't mean that it matters in the end. If it takes you one year to have a kid, one month to have a kid, or seven years, when you hold your baby in your arms or you're at that next phase, it will be worth it. It doesn't matter if it took you eight years of training after medical school to be a doctor or three. It doesn't matter. Don't make choices based on perceived time difference if they're not in line with your goals. And when it came to me with infertility, how I kept hope was saying that I knew where my heart was. But I knew what the backup plans were. Luckily, I was an OBGYN resident slash infertility fellow. So I knew if I couldn't have a kid genetically and carry it, that these other options existed, donor egg or gestational carriers. And even though those weren't my first choice, if I got to a fork in the road, I would choose one of those to make it happen. So I felt really confident in the plan B. Like it may suck and I may cry a lot and it may not be what I want, but one of these other options will get me a kid. So I'm going to live in the place of okay. Okay with the failure. I'm okay being a little bit broken because I'm being honest with myself. I'm making decisions in line with my goals. I'm understanding what I have to give to this endeavor. I still have emotional reserve and physical reserve. And I've evaluated the other options and I understand them. They're still not my option one, what I want. But if I get to the place where I have to choose one of them, I'm okay with it. And so I was able to keep going on the current plan. And it, it worked for me. Now, it may not have. I got methotrexate for my ectopic pregnancy. That was physically terrible. And had I had to get it a second time or something, I may have made different choices. And so what choices I made may not be the choices you make. But I think the moral of the story about hope is that in order to have hope, you must be being true to yourself. When we start making decisions that are out of line with what our heart is telling us, or with what we really want, or who we really are, that's where we start losing hope. When we start hiding our emotions and protecting them in little steel cages so that nobody can hurt us, and we stop being vulnerable, and we stop leaning on other people, because we feel like we're a burden or because we feel like we're not living up to expectations, that is when it is harder to have hope. Hope comes from being true to who you are and allowing others to see your vulnerability. Hope is not just a one-way street. You have to gain support from other people when you're having failure. Because we have to stop comparing ourselves and start letting go of these perceived expectations. We are all real people 
who will make mistakes or who will have things not go our way due to no decision of our own. Infertility doesn't discriminate. I didn't do anything to cause my pregnancy losses. It just happened to me. I was just thrown into a world I didn't even want to be in. And so sometimes you're in a position because of a choice you made. Sometimes you're just in the position. Either way, it feels like a failure if you're not getting where you want to go. And so my challenge for you is to find a way to still have hope. Be true to yourself. Give yourself grace. Forgive yourself. I still had to forgive myself for feeling like I was failing at getting pregnant or starting our family. Forgive yourself. Let it go. Be Elsa. Be in tune with who you are. Lean into other people. Show your vulnerability. And have your eyes wide open to the world around you. What are the alternative options? Just being aware that they exist and understanding what your plan B's may look like can give you a level of comfort that can give you hope. This has certainly been an unprecedented time where fertility treatments have been on hold, the world has been quarantined, and I think trying to find hope in this period is more important than ever. I want to say that I have found so much inspiration from my own fertility patients who I know have not wanted to be put on pause or waiting, and they feel that resource of time as very, very precious. You guys inspire me every, every day, and you are the reason why I do my job. So a huge thank you. Thank you for giving me hope that doing my job and this calling of mine has a purpose. Thank you all so much. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD, and you can check out the new YouTube channel, Natalie Crawford MD. You can just search that. I've got a variety of different videos, and one is a super fun collaboration with your other REs all over the country on the Fertility Dictionary. As always, I love hearing about what episodes you want to have come up. I've heard lately some maybe donor eggs or gestational carriers or thyroid. So let me know what you want to hear and we will get to it. Thank you guys so, so much. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. I'm Brianne Halfrich, a 26-year-old bioethics PhD student and clothing brand CEO. Welcome to my podcast where we talk all things health and wellness, navigating your 20s, and becoming the best version of yourself. So sit down, play that episode, and join The Collective.